following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your hosts, Rob and Ryan. Please welcome to the Talking Buds Podcast. Episode four of the Talking Buds Podcast. In our first Sky is Falling episode, Ryan. Yes, sir, buddy. You know, two losses, man. It could tear up a fan base pretty quickly. Since we last talked with our Talking Buds listeners, two games, two losses, one goal in both games. Yeah, of course. That's uh, one goal. No, No wonder the sky's falling. This team... Couldn't score less than five goals in a game, and then all of a sudden they get one and two, and it's it's like the first games never happened, and now we're all worried. And like you said, first episode, sky is falling. Let's let's get into it, buddy. So there are two two losses: one to Pittsburgh, one to St. Louis. Different kinds of losses, in my opinion. I Pittsburgh, I felt that they were just, you know, they're just beat by a better team. Like a better team came in and had a good game plan. The Leafs played hard, but the Penguins had a kept them to the outside, clogged up the neutral zone, didn't let them get too many good scoring chances, didn't let them break out of their own zone. No, they're like the easy storyline is is well, they haven't really played any uh, challenging teams yet and when these big boy teams come into town they're gonna we're gonna see who they really are and I I hate the the easy narrative but in this case you watch that Pittsburgh game and it was just two three times Stanley Cup winners up the ice and with the tang at the back who just played a certain style of game that I don't think Maple Leafs could have done really anything they had no room Pittsburgh just executed an unbelievable game plan and you know what? I'm going to say it that the big boys got it done and I know it's going to piss some people off, but it's it's true. Saturday was kind of more of the same. I felt the Blues also had that same sort of game plan against the Leafs. The biggest difference is the Leafs were awful in that game. 8 shots through 2 periods. I was at the game. It was it was a tough sit, Ryan. They they aside from Freddie Freddie Anderson, I I didn't see anybody who really showed up to play on Saturday night. Well, it's the NHL. Like everyone always talks about the parody and there is so much parody. And that means anyone can beat anyone on any given night in the NHL. But you watch the Pittsburgh game and you can walk away saying, you know what? They lost a game against one of the best teams in the league. They got outplayed. I can accept it, whatever. But it's the St. Louis game situation where you're just like, they just didn't skate tonight. They they just no. They don't win a battle. I, they, they're fifty fifty battles. They never win a battle. Their forecheck is so slow. You ever notice that when the Toronto D go back in their own end that there's seven hundred St. Louis Blues right behind them, ready to forecheck, take the puck. Toronto dumps the puck in, and there's there's no one. It's just no one here. There's there's the St. St. Louis D just grabbing the puck, making a little circle. Finding the outlet right away, no pressure on them whatsoever. And then the, the corner battles when they're actually in the zone, they never win them. There's never a guy coming in to help. They were, they just looked so uninspired. But you know, I don't want to overreact. But it, it just when you look at the effort that they put in, it's it wasn't great. 
uh, it's it's Hyman, it's Kapanen, it's those guys going in hard on the forecheck, and outside of that, everyone's just kind of floating behind, waiting to pick up the pass coming out of the from the other team coming out of the offensive zone. So, are you are you buying into this narrative that teams have developed a game plan to play them? Well, I think. I'm not going to say for the whole 82 game season, it's like, this is how you got to play to beat the Maple Leafs, even though we can all see that they're a little weak on D. So I'm sure if you're an opposing team, when you're going in to play the Maple Leafs, you're kind of just hammer their D, get as many shots on net. Toronto's not a big team, so be physical. But I, I think a team takes so many shapes in a season. Like some guys can go in, get down injured and, you know, I just can't, I'm not gonna say this is how you beat the Maple Leafs all season, but looking at the Pittsburgh game, it is a compelling argument saying if you that's the blueprint. That was the blueprint. If you don't take any penalties, which I think Toronto was on a power play for like a minute that game, they didn't get one two minute power play. If you don't take penalties and you play physical and you shut down the big boys, you can have success against them. Yeah, I that was um they they shut the neutral zone down. That was the biggest thing. They kept all the Leafs to the outside. Matthews didn't get any good looks. Marner didn't get any good looks. Tavares had a few instances in both games. I thought of of the of the three big big guys. I thought uh, Tavares was the best in both the Pittsburgh and St. Louis game. But yeah, the the keeping them to the outside, clogging up the neutral zone leaning on them they're, they're here's the thing about the Leafs and this is what worries me come playoff time they are not a physical team at all I know so they're all skill so if you run up against Boston again all you got to do is lean on these guys and they'll start to wilt a little bit to me that's what I'm most concerned about and that's what might get them come playoff time yeah and when I, we say physicality and whenever I say physicality I'm not like I'm not looking for Scott Stevens through the neutral zone, you know? Like that's not the physicality I'm talking about. The physicality you, you're, you're you're waiting for them to go bring back Fraser McLaren. Yeah, no, like I'm not looking for the the Domi on Havlat hits in the in the neutral zone. It's just but it's just the 50-50 battles on the boards. Like just be tough on your stick. Just push a guy, you know? Like it's not that hard. Just be tough when you need to be. It's not about laying huge hits. It's about working hard and actually fighting for those pucks when you're in those 50-50 battles. And I've got in my notes here, do do they need to make adjustments with a question mark? And I don't know how you adjust that. Like, I don't know how you take a guy like Mitch Marner, who's a smaller guy, never really had any physicality to his game, any real physicality or like, like, like that type of play sandpaper that you were just describing and just say, go out there and do that. And, so from that standpoint, I don't know how you fix that. I really don't. Yeah, it's definitely their skilled players, even though like I, I'm not saying they should not be skilled and use their best weapons to their advantage. It's just when the big boys get leaned on a little bit, they just have to be a little tougher on their sticks and a little tougher along the boards. And you can just, the funny thing about this is too is is Babcock sees it on the bench. Okay. And then he does what all of us can't stand in what was the narrative today was when they start getting soft he starts going towards those connor browns those parland homes in the past those leo komarovs and if the big boys aren't going to work then he's like matthews didn't get what he what he's 17 minutes ice time and the reason for that is is babcock doesn't want to see it and he wants to see the grinders 
the grinders who are actually working hard. But the problem is the grinders can't put the puck in the net. No, they can't. He, he's. Uh, we're gonna get into Babcock because of. Uh, oh boy! So practice today. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and contain myself here because he he drives me crazy with this sorts of thing. It was actually practice yesterday. Excuse me. Marty Marinson's out there practicing in a defense pairing with Oshiganov, which means Dermot is out. And it's just another example. Like, I don't know how you can watch Ron Hainsey and think that he's been any better than Travis Dermot, except if you're Mike Babcock. And to the point that you've made multiple times on this show already, he's a veteran guy. So we're going to rely on him and give him more chances because he's a veteran guy. I understand the uh, he's a veteran, he gets it, he's been out there, uh, whatever. You cannot sit here and tell me that Travis Dermott is worse than Ron Hainsey. You can't do it. Yeah, it's just a, it's another example of Babcock trying to teach a young guy a lesson. He doesn't like to, to make them... Like, if they have a bad game, he hates just being like you know i'm just gonna put them back out there in his head he's like you know what he starts doubting himself he starts thinking about what he can do the next game to get a win he's not thinking about well i gotta keep Dermot in the lineup because but Dermot's the better player mike like Dermot's the better player he needs to be out there to continue to get better Dermot's ceiling is significantly higher than ron Hainsey. yeah i know but he's but... just not thinking like that he's thinking about what he knows he can get out of certain players next game. To me, Mike Babcock, when he puts pencils in Marty Marincin in the lineup, he goes, in his brain, I know what this guy's going to give me. Good or bad, I know exactly what Marty Marincin's going to give me tonight. It's not going to do... He might have a just brutal game, but he's not going to give him any more, any less in Babcock's mind. And with Dermot, he's, they've done it with all the young guys. He's so hard on the young guys. And... He's not going to just hand Travis Dermott this opportunity because management and fans think that Dermott could be a top four guy in a couple of years. He's not thinking like that. He's thinking about what can I, what I can do to win against the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday night. God, I don't know how Marty Marinson gives you a better chance to win ever. Yeah, I know. And that's that we don't understand that. Like, it's not, I think all the fans would more than like majority of the fans would agree that no I'd way rather have Travis Durham in the lineup he's way more dynamic he's a better player but that's just not the way Babcock thinks and it's just driving everyone nuts yeah he's starting to take some heat today uh, he's starting to take some heat today I was listening to uh Justin Bourne on Good Show and they were having a great discussion about how Mike Babcock relies on the veteran players and it's true and it, it, if they continue to struggle, he's the one that's going to, like, he needs to realize that, like, I know that he signed an eight-year deal and, like, he's going to be here till the end of it more than likely. But, like, it, this is on him when the team struggles like this. He's the one that's got to figure out when they come out Saturday night and they're not ready to go, that's on yeah, the no, coach. they weren't ready to I'm go. sorry. And, and but I, I just, he's, he's just, you know what, like, he's an easy guy to read. Like, I'm not surprised. I can't even be mad. Like, I'm mad. But I'm not really mad because I just expect it now. Like, it's just, this is what he's going to do to younger guys. And he's going to put the veterans in because that's just how he's wired. He just, he, he knows what Ron Hainsey is. He he gives, Ron Hainsey gives what all Ron Hainsey can give. And Babcock is just totally fine with that. He would way rather take that than, 
an unproven young guy who may have more upside. He doesn't care. It's the exact same thing that we saw last year with Leo Komarov and Roman Polak just constantly shoving them over the boards. They actually made, um, I heard an interesting point today on uh, the radio that I'd like to bring up because I thought it was a really well-made point. Babcock went over and recruited because you notice a guy like Ojiganov, like he's being very patient with Ojiganov and he's, he's affording him more opportunities than I I've been surprised. I was singing his praise this last week and I'm not saying Ojiganov doesn't deserve it. He totally does. But do you, do you buy into the Babcock went over and recruited Ojiganov? So he has a personal stake in that particular player's development, whereas a guy like Dermot, not so much. Yeah, I buy into not exactly just him recruiting guys. I just buy that and the fact that coaches just have favorites and they have other guys that they don't like as much. And it it sometimes it has nothing to do with skill or or play or it's just we've all been on like rep teams growing up as little kids. And there was always guys who got favored more than the others. Like it's just some coaches just prefer some players over another. And I think him going and recruiting them is a part of that factor as well. Like, yeah, I really like this guy and yeah, he probably likes him because of that. But I just think overall coaches just have these favorites that they go to over guy over some other guys. In any event, we're going to see they've got, they got the biggest, two-game stretch so far coming up. Maybe one of the biggest of the schedule when all's said and done. Um, And we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to talk about, you know, coming off two losses and they've only scored one goal in the two games. The we-need-Willie-Nylander narrative has reared its head here. And uh, some, some developments in that this week. Kyle Dubas flew to Switzerland to meet with William himself. He was reported that he was in New York at Madison Square Garden on Sunday night at the Flames Rangers game to talk with Louis Gross, the agent for William Nylander, and just was on Twitter before we hopped on here, and he's in Philly tonight at the Avalanche Flyers game. So it looks like this business between the Leafs and William Nylander is starting to ramp up. This is just a a mess, man. Like, to me... This is going to be a part of my beauties and and bums later, but to me, this is like the start of the NHL GMs looking at guys who are in their low 20s who are getting signed on their first contract out of their entry level and GMs just being like, what do you want again? What, what, What are you asking for? Like, since when do these guys just demand so much money after like mediocre seasons? And I understand that they look at their upside and they believe in themselves. But, like, it's so, it's just, it's so confusing. It's such a mess. I personally don't think anything's going to get done. You don't think, well, they're, they're, I feel like they're ramping up. What is it? It's December, what's the date? December 1st? Yeah, it's December 1st. Get, yeah, so yeah, December 1st, they got to get the contract done. So, like, we're starting to run out of time here. It's only just over a month left, right? So, him going to Switzerland and then going to MSG, and now tonight in Philly, is clearly him trying to speed this process along here. But I agree with you. Like, I, I you're kind of, it's kind of weird to see a player in Willie's 
sort of situation making the demands that he's making. And we don't know, right? We're not in the room. We don't know what, what exactly he's saying. Clearly, the holdup is term and financial, although I, it looks like they're leaning more and more towards a bridge contract. Yeah, but it's just I, – I, I just don't – I don't understand. Like, I know people will disagree with me, but I don't think – if something doesn't get done within the next week or two, I don't I don't think – I think he's sitting out the whole season. Oh, my God. And then he's that- just going to wait till he'll wait till next offseason. He's basically going to be in the same RFA position he's in now. But then at that point, he'll be in the same talks as Austin Matthews and Marner, and he could probably – and if they sign first, then he could see what they get or just – a whole mumbo jumbo of that. Like, it's just so confusing. It's gotten so far. And I think that all of us have just been like, yeah, he'll, he'll sign, he'll sign. But now this week's the first week where I'm kind of like, you know what? I could see this guy not signing Michael Pekka for the Buffalo Sabres. He sat out an entire year. So it's happened before. And I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. And I think if something doesn't get done within the next two weeks, I could see this kid sitting out the whole year. So foolish. If he sits out for the whole year. That would be so I know, foolish if he does yeah, that. And it's foolish for your bank account, too. I know. I, I don't get why he just can't take a two-year bridge and just stick it back to the Maple Leafs when the contract's over, when he has arbitration rights, and he'll actually have something in his corner other than right now. He has nothing. He just has the Maple Leafs offer. He can't do anything else. But it's just so, like, I, I just, I think it's gotten, I've been waiting for it. Like, every day you wake up, you just wait for it, and I just don't know if it's going to come. The the story that he flew to Switzerland last week, I was kind of like, whoa, like that's dude, like that's him making an effort flying over there to talk to him in person. Well, it seems like, well, imagine if that was Lou Lamorello. That would, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't that know would, if that would be happening. Never happened, buddy. Never. Uh, you notice, you notice the weekend we will. He hasn't, he hasn't talked much, but the weekend we will narrative from Kyle Dubas has really sort of. I haven't heard that quote in a few weeks now well he he was a little excited when he when he made that comment and got everyone really excited you're kind of just like oh and that was fresh off the Tavares signing too so like after that you're all like built up all excited that he was gonna figure everything out but I just think it's gotten to a point where it's it's dangerous waters man let's hope that he figures that out because that would be that would be really foolish if he ended up sitting out the entire year. Yeah, and everyone wants, but like in terms of the discussions of him coming back and impacting the team, if he does sign, all it's going to do is bump, put someone on Kadri's line, whether that's Marlowe or which whether, they need, man, yeah. which they need. Like we were, like we were saying, like again, we the the beauty of our bums and beauty segment is it's it changes every week. One week we love a guy, the next weekend we don't. That's part of the humor in it as well. But a couple last week or maybe it was the week before, I can't remember. We were singing Par Lindholm's praises. He was brutal. Yeah, I know. The He's last just, two games. I know, like, Babcock. What what on earth is Nazem Kadri supposed to do with this guy? I what know. on earth? So it, that's what Nylander, that's what that will affect, man. He'll either put Kappen on that line or put Marlowe on that line. I don't think I can't see Nylander going to that line, but he possibly could. You never know, man. Like that's just that's what it affects, and people kind of see the Leafs' bottom six, especially in Kadri has done nothing on the score sheet. And oh, he hasn't. Be, I can't believe that. I can't believe that he. But then again, like look who he's playing with. Like yeah, what's he exactly. supposed to do? So that's the cry back for Nylander. It's 
It's we need a guy back so we can get Kadri going. It's that third line. Everyone was talking about, well, Kadri's just going to feast this year because the two top pairs of the other teams will be on Matthews and Tavares and the 30-goal scorer, Nazem Kadri, is going to feast. And it's like, that's when everyone thought that Nylander was going to re-sign. So I feel like that's where that's coming from. Let's bring Willie back. Willie, imagine if Willie was on this team, you know? But Well, wouldn't you think it'd be Kapanen probably going back yeah, I, I think if any if any fan had a decision, it would be Marlowe, but uh, we true, talked but about Babcock one thing I will earlier. Say, one thing I will say, um, Kapanen struggled the other night against a really good team in in uh, Pittsburgh. I, everybody struggled and was brutal against St. Louis, so I'm just going to throw that one out, but... He 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 didn't he wasn't as effective the other night. So you start to look and be like, okay, well, when you're out there against like an elite team, is this guy getting exposed a little bit? Yeah, and and but like I just don't like we talked about earlier. Like we weren't impressed with the Blues game. They got outplayed against the Pens. But like, let's not get silly here. Like, let's not get. Oh yeah, no, no, I don't want to get carried away. Nobody has been like I've been like. Casperi Kapanen guy. Yeah, like I don't want to look right? at some of these guys, and especially this. That's kind of what we're talking about with Dermot too. It's like these two games have gone by, and you don't want to look at these guys and start doubting line combinations and what guy should be in the lineup, what guy we shouldn't shouldn't be in the lineup. Like it's everyone. Well, I don't settle care. down. I don't care. Like it was two bad games. I don't care if they lose ten in a row. Marty Marinson should never be in the lineup. What's up, everybody? Thank you once again for downloading the show. Tell your friends. Spread the word. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on TuneIn. You can listen to us on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Talkin Buds Podcast, on Twitter at Talkin Buds. We got some live in-game tweeting that we do on there, so be sure to check that out. Thanks again. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. All right, before we get into um, Bums and Beauties for this week... Well, we're gonna. We'll also preview the two Jets games coming up. Do you have anything from this past week that you want to touch on before we move on? Yeah, I just think today, like you just listening to everyone's opinion today, it's just like let's not get too low here. Like we all saw what we saw, and we can well, have this opinions. City's crazy on it. man, this city's crazy. Like I said at the beginning of off the top of the show, the sky is falling. That's what it. That's what it felt like today. People just freaking out, and everybody. The last two, we we don't need your William Nylander this week. It's like we, you know what? We this team would be on another level if they had a guy like William Nylander. Drives me nuts. Yeah, and like I posed a, a question on our Instagram, and it was the the question you asked me earlier. If teams have teams found a way to play the Maple Leafs successfully, and some people texted me and. And messaged me being like, oh, this is just a crazy overreaction. And it's like, yeah, I agree. But you listen to people's opinions. I just wanted to throw it out there because some people think that. Like some people think that it's these two games have just punched a hole in in their in their success. And now teams are know how to play them. But it's like, no, this team's going to be a good team. They're still going to be a playoff team. Everyone just settle down. It's two games. It's going to be okay. We have two great games coming up, and I honestly believe they're going to bounce back. Well, yeah, they got they got the Jets coming up. 
on Wednesday night. They got the Jets coming up on Saturday night, little home and home to uh, Kingpin of the East versus Kingpin of the West. And then they got the Calgary Flames at home the following Monday. So we'll probably be doing our next show after that Flames game. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Just hopefully they bounce back. But I think it's everything's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. That's right. I, I agree. The sky, despite our sarcasm, we do not believe that the sky is falling. No. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. Yes, it is now time for this week's edition of Who's a Bum and Who's a Beauty. Ryan, I have got a nuclear missile that I'm going to launch in my Who's a Bum selection. If there's any segment that we have gotten the most listener feedback on, it's this one, be it positive or negative. So I'm excited to sort of unload here this week. All right, so do you want to start with beauties or do you want to start with bums? Let's start with who let's let's start positive. All right, you go first. I've gone first the last 2 weeks. You go first this week. My beauty is none other than the man himself, Freddie Anderson. Freddie Two tough games this past week. I thought he was great in both of them. The St. Louis game in particular, particular, they only had eight shots through two periods. That game easily could have been five or six nothing for St. Louis. I was at the game. I was right there. He made a couple big-time saves, which kept that game within reach. So, Freddie Anderson, this probably won't be the first time I select you, but you are my beauty of the week. Well, yeah, it's like Freddie, you know, some of the goals he let in, you kind of look at and you're like, yeah, he probably could have stopped that. But they were grade A chances in front of the net, you know, like they were just little dinky shots. Like these guys had prime opportunities to put the puck in net on Saturday. Oh, God, Ryan, they're awful in their own zone sometimes, man. Like they just get they get running around like I try not to just beat the same drum over and over and over again, but. Like, that's coaching. Like, the dumpster fire in their own zone is coaching. And Freddie, why he's my beauty of the week, had to bail them out two or three times. Yeah, there's only so much a goalie can do, man. Like, he's going to let in some goals sometimes. And that game, they had nothing. So, it's not like, you know, like I just you just feel bad for the guy. And it's it's not always on the goalie. Like, they were so bad. And, and there's only so much Freddie could do. So, I, I totally understand. Freddie hangs in there. Faces a ton of shots. Faced the most shots in the league last year. He's not as high this year, but, you know, Freddie always takes a good amount of punishment in those games. Who is your beauty of the week? My beauty, 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 beauty of the week is Kyle Dubas. Ooh, there you go. And this will be an unpopular opinion with some people because it pertains to the Maple Leafs, but he's my beauty of the week because... He hasn't given in to a player's demands yet. And I'm talking about Willie Nylander. There's been so many reports. Like, we never know for sure, but the reports are he he's in the 7 to $8 million range. Which is absurd. And you know what? And I said before, if this was any other year, it would be a bigger problem. But since they have Matthews, Marner, etc., it's not as big of an issue. But 
let's not give in to these players. Like, I know he's a great player. He's got tons of upside. He, he's still a young guy. He's 22. But he's a 60-point hockey player so far in his career. And honestly, do you really see him getting up into that upper echelon? David Pasternak, Nathan McKinnon. No, I don't. Point totals? No, exactly. So it's like... Let's not be silly here. And Willie's 200-foot game also leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I just don't want to set this this precedent where it's like these guys coming out of their entry levels who are 60-point hockey players get $8 million a year. Like, excuse me? And the reason for that is because Peter Shirelli, one of my favorite general managers. One of everybody's favorite general managers. Yeah, uh, he decided to sign Leon Dreisaitl to that monster deal. Given Leon Dreisaitl is a center iceman, and sometimes he plays wing, but for the majority, he is a center iceman, and to me, center icemen are more valuable than wingers, but I just like how Kyle Dubas just been like, you know what, dude, like, I may take some heat for this, but just no, man, like, I can't do this. I have too many contracts coming up, like, you're, you're not number one on the depth chart, and I don't think you're number two either in terms of young core players, and let's not get silly here, and it's just... I'm just so happy he hasn't done it yet. I know we could use him right now, but I think in a couple years, people will look back on this and say, Kyle Dubas made the right decision not signing this guy to a monster contract. And he's not being unreasonable. He's being a beauty. He's went over to Switzerland. He went to New York uh, the other night to meet with the agent, Louis and this Gross. Is his first, dude, this is his first big contract negotiation, man. Like, yes, he didn't step into something like easy. And no, he's handling he like a champ. Set a precedent here saying, I'm going to roll over for your demands because he's got two more contracts that are going to be even more complicated to figure out. And he's got to, he's got to let them know, let the agencies, let the agents know that he's not going to roll over for you. That's a good, that's a good choice for beauty of the week. So he's my beauty of the week because I was thinking about a player and, I felt like I was just reaching, and I, I've thought about this lately about Dubis because this whole thing's just getting to a point where it's almost December. Like, December 1st really isn't that far away. No, like I said earlier, it's just over a month away. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was just sitting here being like, you know what? I actually appreciate this. I feel like in a couple years, we'll we'll look back and be like, I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but we're going to look back and be like, yeah, the, William Nylander wasn't an $8 million player on the wing. Just no. The time has come. Before... I reveal my selection for bomb of the week. I just feel because it's so it's going to, it's, it's, I'm about to drop a bomb here, Ryan. All right. I'm ready, dude. So I feel like I need to make another disclaimer that this is, these are a week to week basis. Just because this is my player selection this week does not mean I'm saying this about him permanently. It's just based on what we've seen the last since the last time we did a podcast oh yeah well just like leaf fans we could we can uh go side to side we can go from fence to fence let's hear oh, it, that dude. makes it so fun my bum of the week mitch marner mm. and i'm gonna say this because mitch i love you we all love you but you can be so much better and more effective than you were in both the Pittsburgh and the St. Louis game. Floating around the neutral zone, not really going in and retrieving pucks in the corner, just kind of skating around out there, like not really getting involved, not 
generating any dangerous offensive chances. Him, like everybody else, pretty much useless in the defensive zone. So I just I'm I'm disappointed in what I've seen from him. We've seen at times his ability to dominate a game and take a game over, even more than Matthews at times. We we've seen what he's capable of and how high his ceiling is. But these last two games, I feel like he's really gone to sleep. I've been kind of disappointed in what I've seen. I would like to see him pick it up in over the next week and for the rest of the season for that matter. So Mitchell. You're in my doghouse this week. I would love nothing more than to let you out next week, buddy. But I gotta see, I gotta see more from you. Stop floating around. Yeah, I just think with Mitch when he's not going, it's he looks small and slow out there, and he's not as small as people think he is. Like he's, I think he's like five ten, like hundred and seventy something pounds. Like yeah, it's small compared to Tom Wilson, but. In in the grand scheme of life, he in hockey, he's not really that small. But I just feel like when I was watching him against Pittsburgh, when he was getting shut down, his space was getting shut down. He looked like he was just a step behind going in towards the battles. And it looks like when he was in the battles, it looked like he got pushed off the puck. Pretty. He doesn't really go in though. I noticed like when he's when he's kind of when his head's not there, like he kind of just floats around and does a lot of turns and spins yeah, exactly. And yeah, he's kind of and... skating around. It looks like he's he's working hard, but really he's not really doing anything. But when Mitch is on, you can see that he yeah. can play with a bit of an like not an edge like a like a cadre. He edge. wants the puck. That's but, like, why he's... he'll finish his check. Like he'll get in there first and finish a check or get in there first and get a puck. It's just when he's not getting there first and not battling in the corner, he looks extremely small and he looks kind of on the perimeter like all game long. He doesn't look like he wants the puck. That's what drives me crazy because when he's on, he wants the puck. He's out there, he's after, he's controlling the play, he's buzzing around the ice. He's flying around guys. He's flying in the offensive zone. And when he's not, he's just floating. Like that's the best word I can use to describe what he looks like when he's not on. He's simply just floating. Yeah, and he doesn't have the puck on his stick making those electrifying plays that we can get used to when he when he is on a roll but yeah no I, I honestly I, I kind of agree with that um, my bum of the week this week is Patrick Marlowe oh um veteran beauty you know don't, we don't, love don't let Babs hear you say that yeah I know we love Patrick Marlowe but at the end of the day the guy gets paid six and a half million dollars a year and I just expect more out of him. I know at the beginning of the season, it was kind of like Matthews is getting all the goals. Tavares is getting all the goals. And the big boys were scoring. And that's what your big boys are supposed to do. But he isn't. Marlowe Mar- 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 hasn't done really anything yet, in my opinion. Like, he just hasn't had that one big game. He's just kind of the same thing we just mentioned about Marner. He kind of just, he's always skating around when, when, the opposing team's doing the D to D pass, backing up on their own end. He's just in the middle of them, waving his stick around, and it's just like, what? <laughs> like, come on, dude! Like, get in there. He doesn't look super engaged, and when Patrick Marlowe isn't scoring, he looks awfully invisible out there. He's still very fast for his age. I'm, I'm happy with how he like for a guy his age. Like, I'm very happy with. Well, he flies up and with down the, the ice. Physical condition, and and he looks like a young guy, but I just feel like. He's st- we can't forget, like, yeah, he might be a veteran presence and a good leader and good for the guys, but we, we can't forget that he is making the money he's making for this year and next year. And he's got a, that's like a 20, he needs to provide 20 to 25 goals a year. And like, I know last year he scored a bunch of goals, and but a lot of them were empty netters and, you know, they all count at the end of the day. No one remembers, but I just want to see him. 
be a little more clutch with the goal scoring. And I just feel like he's been, he hasn't been really involved. So Patty, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're my bum of the week. When you're a good pro every single day, like Patty Marlowe, you're in every day. You're eating right. You're training right. You're in the weight room. You're doing all the right things. And then when you leave, you just don't think about hockey. You think Patty Marlowe thinks about hockey? No, he goes home to his family. That's what Babs would have to say back to you after your bum of the week suggestion. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of Leaf fans would agree with would agree with me, though. Oh, like, I agree with you. I agree yeah, with you. Like, just, you know another what? guy like, who's I'm just not, kind of floating think, around out there. I'm not sitting here being like, Patty's been useless. But, like, he's just not giving what he needs to give. Like, he's still a very good hockey player. He's still paid like a very productive hockey player. So, if you're not being super productive, which he, I don't think he's been all year, then I'm going to, you have to be called out. Yep. Agreed. Okay. We touched on it earlier, but before we do, there are totally unqualified takes. You want to, what, what are you, what are you expecting from this next two? I know they got the Calgary game on Monday and we'll talk about that after the, after the game on Monday, but specifically these next two Winnipeg jet games, jets are five, two and one Leafs are six and three. So they're kind of in the same boat. So what, what are you, what are you looking to see? over these next couple of games. I expect at least one of the two games to be a game that we're all expecting to see and then a game we all want to see. I don't know if that's going to be the first game or the second game, but I think for sure there's not going to be one team that goes in and lays another team out both nights or one team lays another team out one night and the other team lays the other team out the other night. I feel like for sure there's going to be one game that's really going to be entertaining, but it's going to be tough, man. Like Winnipeg, is a good team. They're just as good as the Leafs offensively, and they're they're deeper on the blue line. Um, I think the goaltending is kind of a stalemate. I know Hellebuck had a un- un- unreal year last year, but I-, I think I'm just hoping that they can just bounce back and we just see the amount of effort that we saw earlier in the season. But I think it's they're gonna be they're gonna take at least one. I think they're gonna take at least one. You want to hear a prediction? All right, here we go. Wednesday night in Winnipeg, the Leafs go in there and it's a hell of an entertaining game and they come out with the W. I've talked, I I don't think I've officially said this on the podcast yet, but I've, you and I have texted during games and I've said to you, I'm seeing, I, I just have a hunch that they're going to, Leafs are going to be one of those teams this year that's better on the road than they are at home. I ranted and raved about Scotiabank Arena last week. I just, from, I've seen, like they look kind of more, and, and you see this, from time to time where like get the travel and getting away kind of brings the guys closer together and they enjoy sort of being on the road. And I feel like the Leafs are going to be one of those teams this year that has a really good road record. So I'm predicting they go into Winnipeg on Wednesday night, play a really tough team, but come out with a W and a hard fought win. And then they come back here and have the potential to lay an absolute egg once again on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada at home. Yeah, well, it the both teams like at Winnipeg. Yeah, they have a good record as well. They're they're five two and one, and that's basically kind of the same as six and three, but just that extra point you get. But it's they're gonna have to. They could get if they come out and play like they did on Saturday though. Both games, like they could get slaughtered. Both games, like it's yep. not out of the realm of possibility. But I just think that both teams are really good teams and they they know 
what this home at home means. So usually when that happens, teams step up and they don't play like they did on Saturday night. Could you imagine how much the sky would be falling if they go and get their asses handed to them for two straight games against the Winnipeg Jets? Well, yeah, then they'd be six and five and probably down their conference and their division a little more. Like Buffalo's only two points behind them. They're two bad games away from being six and five. And that just basically undoes the start that you were looking for and they got and it just ruins it. All right, Mr. Announcer, man. I think it's about that time. It's time for Talking Buds. Totally unqualified takes. That's exactly what it is. It's time for Totally Unqualified Takes. Who went first last week? Did you go first or did I go first? I have no idea. I feel like I usually I go first for all these things. So you should go okay. first. All right, all right, I'll go first. I've been going first today a lot. My totally unqualified take for the next week until we are back. William Nylander is signed within the next two weeks on a two to three year bridge contract worth no more than six and a half million. Wow. That I is... might even go uh, I might I might even chop a year off there and say on a two-year bridge deal at six and a half million he's got to get back and play i know we talked earlier about he could potentially end up sitting out the year that is would be so foolish of him to do that come back make your money be a part of a team that could potentially go on a run here be a big part of it and just get over yourself in two years to your point earlier you'll have arbitration rights you'll have a little more leverage on your side just get over it come back willie Let's go. And that leads me to my totally unqualified take, and that is within the next week, William Nylander will not be signed. Oh, opposite opposing. You know, we've got some feedback that we don't disagree enough, so this is this is good. Yeah, well, I just, I just don't see it happening. I just feel like the combination of William Nylander, his father, Michael Nylander, and his agent, Louis Gross. He needs to tell daddy to just get lost i feel like if you mix that all together it's just a recipe for nothing getting done i don't feel like i feel like william nylander as a 22 year old is not going to walk into his dad's office and be like dad dad (laughs) i really want to play for the maple leafs dad let me sign dad go to your room son yeah, like this is Kyle and I are talking. Get out of here. Yeah, Michael Nylander, he's one of those hawk, probably one of those hockey dads, and I think he worked. Well, he was for known for being. I've heard Berkey on Sportsnet say a few times that he was known to be a real tough negotiator in his day. Yeah, exactly, and he's that's his son, and he's probably very passionate about his two sons, and they're hockey, and probably was growing up, and I just feel like. All this put together with Matthews and Marner coming up next season and them being so far apart on a number and the father and all this and the deadline coming up that it's just not going to get done and he will not, not be signed within the next week. Well, I said the next two weeks, so should I bring it back to a week to so we can actually make Well, no, it I'll go with you two weeks. Okay, uh, fine. He won't sign for the next two weeks. All right, there you go. You a heard week, it here two first. Two weeks, I, I, I'll go against you. I don't think he'll be signed opposing stances on the talking buds podcast yeah well i just don't think it's getting done but all right that'll do it for this week's edition of the talking buds podcast 
Ryan and I want want to say thank you once again to everyone who downloaded, checked us out. Tell your friends. Follow our accounts on social media. On Instagram, it's at Talking Buds Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Talking Buds Pod. Please spread the word. Got lots of great feedback over the last couple of weeks. We really, really appreciate it. We love doing this. I'm having a really great time doing it. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone, who rated us five stars on iTunes and left a comment. I know every podcast on planet Earth that you listen to tells you to go write a review and leave a five-star review or whatever. And I just want to thank you guys for doing that. And we ask you to do that, too, because it just looks cool and it makes, me, it makes us feel good. So, it does. It does. And it makes, it makes them refer our podcast to other people who like hockey podcasts. Yeah, exactly. So do that. Thank you for everyone who did that. Thank you, everyone who's engaging with us on Instagram. We love all you guys. Thanks. See you next week. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, The Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me. Twitter at Charles Adler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts.